Bear, Cozy Zone, friends, Ben Weber here. I'm standing in my room. It's Tuesday morning. Time to unleash another Cozy Zone. What is a Cozy Zone? What is it? It is a place, real, imagined. It's an activity where there is the potential to dive so deep into the murky waters that is human emotion, the infinite fractal that consists of all of the feelings that exist in our lives that we've inherited from our ancestors that we tap into in the collective unconscious that are stirred up perhaps by the gravitational waves of two black holes colliding very exciting oh my friends i have i have great news um tinged with you know, well, let, let me just tell you this great news. So I've been, I've been yammering on on this podcast for nearly a, a year now about how I want to be a comedian. I want to get up and stand up and tell my jokes in front of the people. And so last Friday I did five minutes opening for Nicolette and Emmett's show. Uh, and it went pretty well. I felt weird about it. I, I am not used to that stand-up feeling. I'm, I am striving to get acclimated to it. It's very different. I, I'm noticing I come across as very weird and needy to my audiences, which is interesting, which is something that I need to harness. Um, and it's something that I was not aware of. And so I, I took that momentum uh, after doing some, some shticks and bits uh, in front of the very warm audience uh, at Dixon Place. Thank you to all of you who came out, I really appreciate that. Uh, congrats, Nicolette and Emmett. You did a great job at your show. Uh, it was very beautiful. Uh, certainly kicks up a lot of feelings. Uh, I, I'm vibrating with emotions constantly because that's the world where I live. Um, but So that was wonderful. So I, I took that momentum, and I thought it would be a good idea to uh, traipse up to Long Island City to go to the Creek in the Cave to do an open mic, 4 p.m. on Valentine's Day. And I did that, and I tell you, uh, at 4 p.m. in Long Island City on Valentine's Day, one of the coldest days of the year, there, there are a lot of monsters who come to an open mic like that. Uh, people who uh, are generally white males, uh, younger, um, who, who get up. A lot of people uh, were actually didn't even remove their, their hats and parkas uh, to do their jokes. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of misogyny, a lot of racism, um, things that, that aren't necessarily interesting to me. Let me say that again. These are things that are abhorrent to me, and I want to spend my time and energy on this earth combating. Um, there, there's just no reason 
for racism and sexism. I, I'm trying to sort of understand how a racist joke might be able to fuel anti-racism. I don't think it can. I think I think you need to to ask people to wake up and stop being goddamn racist and sexist. Just stop. It's not. It's not funny. It's not worth it. Um, so anyway, so I got up and I, I did some weird stuff. I was just sort of trying to speak honestly like I, I do for all of you now. Um, oh, and boy, did I eat it. I ate shit. Uh, did real bad. But it taught me a lot. Again, I came across as sort of desperate and needy. Uh, at least that, that was the, what I was getting back. I recorded it. I don't know if I'll ever listen to it. Um, I certainly won't let you listen to it. Um, but one of these days I'll probably let you listen to some sort of comedy tape that I produce, but I, I, I am happy and I'm proud that I, I mustered up the courage to make that long journey to Queens to get up in front of a room of monstrous prospective standups, uh, and talk to them and, and look them in the eyes and be myself. Uh, and you know, it can only go up from here, uh, learning a lot. Oh, so that's that's very nice. Um, I had the honor of traveling up to the Bronx to interview this week's guest, Manny Delgado. Manny and I met uh, at work. He was an usher, uh, and now he works in my department at the theater. And uh, it's, it's a real big honor to have been invited to his house uh, to chat with him. My cats are meowing um which is which is par for the course uh yeah we had a really lovely conversation um i think manny was very excited to talk with me it seemed like the he wanted the conversation to continue i'm i'm very very grateful for our conversation and i think you're really going to enjoy this week's episode uh friends please follow me on twitter 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 Twitter, at Cozy Zones, Instagram, at Ben Weber Projects, www.benweberprojects.com, or email me, uh, ben at smashtype.com. Oh, and definitely like the Cozy Zone Foundation on Facebook. Each time you like it, uh, the donors match a like with a $10,000 gift um, that we use to fund collaborative art projects. Uh, and commission the most incredible works of art the world has ever seen. Friends, as always, thank you so much for listening to The Cozy Zone. I really appreciate it. Um, It really makes my life. It makes me feel valid and heard and seen, which is what I'm striving for. So without further ado, please enjoy episode 41, Manny Delgado in his Bronx bedroom. Hey, Manny. Hey, Ben. Welcome to your cozy zone. Uh, yeah, happy to be here in my cozy zone. <laughs> where where are we right now, buddy? Uh, this is my bedroom, basically my one place where I shut myself off for the rest from the rest of the world for a few hours. <laughs> what, what's uh, there's like there's a lot going on in your bedroom. Like there's a lot of delights for the eye. What what are we looking at here? <laughs> okay, well we have posters put all over my walls of various different. Hello, my oh. little brother just walked into the room. Hello, you looking for something? Don't. <laughs> yeah. He's looking at the bagels. How are you? Hi. 
Good. <laughs> we're doing uh, we're doing a podcast here. My name's Ben. And we introduced uh, Yellow. Yellow. <laughs> yeah. So my Yellow. little brother, he's sixteen, and he loves to barge into my room and <laughs> touch any everything. I mean, I think that's what little brothers do. <laughs> Just to give a little context, he he was diagnosed with autism at an early age, mm-hmm. and he's very cognitive. He's aware of everything around him. He's nonverbal, though. He's a sweetheart when he wants to be. <laughs> Overall, he's I adore him. I, you know, he always comes into my room, and we always play games or things like that together. What, what's your favorite game to play? Uh, with him? Hmm. Let's see. I used to play Superman with him, basically I carry him and have him fly around the room, but I think he's gotten a little too big for that now. Um, He's really big on high fives for some reason. Oh yeah, I mean, I think, I I love high fives myself. (laughs) Can I try a high five? Yes. Very nice high five. (laughs) Very gentle high five. He's, we know, we basically associate him... We call him the baby of the family, so yeah. his name is Baby. Oh, <laughs> baby, you mind going to your room for a, for a minute? Thanks. All right. All right. Let me close the door. I got it. <laughs> it was so nice to meet your brother. Uh, yeah, happy he came in. Yes. Yeah. You know, I am very, very, very overprotective of him. Anytime we go outside. I'm always keeping an eye out, making sure he's safe and things yeah, like that. Totally. He's, he's very special to me. I, I I can understand that. You know, I'm I'm an only child myself, but uh yeah, I don't know. I mean it's there's clearly a lot of love there, there's a lot of care. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, it's um it's interesting. Anytime we go outside, he's always wanting to explore. Like mm-hmm. there was one time he's obsessed with cars. Mm-hmm. And we were walking outside, and he saw a van. It was parked, you know, along the street. And he just ran up to it, opened it, and got inside. It was unlocked. Wow. And he wanted to ride in it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, he's um he's a sweetheart. Everyone who meets him loves him. You know, they're always, they're always saying hi, asking how he's doing, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a very nice kid. He loves water and swimming, things like that. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, it was, I had a good experience with him not too long ago, maybe six months ago, where we went to a hotel and there was a swimming pool. And he loves swimming. Like, he's obsessed with the water he could live in. I thought I loved water. (laughs) He is, he is part fish. Yeah. So he jumps straight in and, you know, I'm swimming with him and things like that. And generally, anytime people get close, I try to, you know, keep my arms on him, making sure he's happy and calm and things like that. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes in and, you know, he starts talking to my father and, you know, my family and, you know, seeing how we are and things like that. And my brother immediately takes a liking to him and starts swimming with him. And this guy who I don't know, I'm watching him. He's basically playing, you know, he's splashing with my little brother and carrying him and things like that. But he's really good with children with special needs from what his family told me mm-hmm. and i've personally never let my brother like interact with people that i don't know yeah like I, I tend to be very very overprotective of him but just watching him and just seeing him enjoy you know somebody's company that he doesn't know it's just 
is really touching. I've never experienced that. So. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a big moment of, of growth for you. I mean, you're saying that, like, you know, maybe there's no one out there who could give him the care that you could. And, you know, like, oh, yeah. it, it's, it's hard to open your, yourself up to that. Definitely. It's, it's more than just, you know, that he has special needs. It's that he's his own person. And even if you're trained, you know, to take care of people, you never know what kind of person you're going to deal with yeah. or what kind of person you might get as a ter- caretaker. Yeah. So it was a big moment for me. I realized I should, you know, try to get him to explore the world a little more. He's always wanted to, you know, he's always exploring every single nook and cranny of yeah. every place he's in. Uh, I mean, do you, do you feel like very, I mean, you feel very responsible for him. You're, you know, are you the oldest of your family? I am the oldest of my family. Uh, five boys. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh yeah, basically my my second brother the he's you know him. Mhm. He's 20 now. Oh mm-hmm. my god, he is 20 years old. I thought he was 17. <laughs> <laughs> uh he won't ever admit to it, but I'm very very overprotective of him and my other brothers. Yeah. I try to what is that? I mean, what is that like? What does your protection look like? Like, how do you how do you protect all of your brothers? What what methods do you employ? <laughs> uh, my biggest thing is when it comes to Izzy. You know, my my brother. He um, he's basically an adult, so I can trust him to do whatever he likes. Although, anytime he says he's you know hanging out with friends or things like that, I try not to be the overbearing you know parent who mm-hmm. wants to. You know, make I have their phone numbers and things like that. Mm-hmm. But just asking what his day was like and what he do, things like that. So him, I'm I'm more or less fine with. As for the other ones, anytime anyone steps near, you know, L dot or Ellie or baby as we call him, mm-hmm. um, I always put my arm around him, just like, hey, how are things going, things like that. And I give people the look, and they they either back up or, you know, they they talk to me a little more and things like that, just so I can get a feel for who they are. It's uh. It's nice. I'm never, I'm never intimidating. Mostly because I'm not an intimidating person. I'm very no, no. You're a, you're a sweet, <laughs> gentle soul. Uh, sometimes to a detriment. <laughs> How come? What? What? When is that a detriment? Uh, when my little brother wants an extra cookie and I say no, and he laughs. Oh, <laughs> I see. You say so you 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 don't get no respect. Yeah, no respect. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Who who protects you? Like who who is protected? You who's your protector? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I suppose my parents have always been very active in making sure I make the right decisions, mm-hmm. but they don't make decisions for me. Mm-hmm. So growing up, most of the time, their advice followed how to read people and judge them and things like that. Just yeah. get a feel for who they are. You yeah. know, this person, you know, if they, if they're interested in, you know, who you are and things like that. And if they're good listeners, you know, keep an eye on them. You know, they seem like good friends. If somebody's only interested in themselves, there's always asking you for their own personal, you know, benefits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Validation or, yeah. You know, be a little more wary, but mm-hmm. don't ever cut someone off directly or, you know, just blindly trust everyone you see. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to my protection, I feel like it's mostly a matter of me 
choosing who to associate myself with, mm-hmm. which growing up, it might not seem like a big thing, you know, because I'm not quite as experienced as other people who've lived twice or three times my lifespan. Yeah. But still, there's, you know, there's been many people who've, I've met people from all over the world and they all have their different backgrounds. Some of them are very inspiring. Some of them come from little shadier corners of the world. (laughs) What are are the shadier corners of the world? (laughs) I have, I don't know how much I can say. I have accidentally stumbled into a drug deal. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Say as much as you can. What is that? Like, how? How did that happen? Um, in Manhattan, I knew a lot of people in my neighborhood, and I stumbled into someone I hadn't seen for years, a, a friend of a friend of a friend. You, like, how you, you used doing? to live in Manhattan? Uh, yeah, I've moved all over the place. I've moved maybe 12 times or something. Mm-hmm. But wow. <laughs> Um, but I remember seeing him, it's been a few years, like, hey, you want to come with me, you know, and get a, get something from the store or whatever. He's like, all right, cool. So I'm talking to him, seeing, you know, if he's in school or working or things like that. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, I I work in so-and-so and, you know, my family's doing good and things like that. And like, and he says, you know, do you want to come with me? I, I just want to, I'm meeting someone and I'm not sure how things are going to be. So you mind if you just, you know, back me up a little? I'm like, all right. I, I assume he's talking about some kind of blind date or something. So. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Sweet Manny. <laughs> Everyone's just going to go on a blind date. Okay, so you're backing this guy up for his blind date. So... We start walking through the park and things like that. We find, like, at this point, the sun is starting to set a little bit, mm-hmm. so people are clearing out, more or less. Mm-hmm. And we find this guy and his two friends, you know, sitting in a corner. And we walk up, and without saying a word, they just do, like, a quick handshake. And I see them, like, I can't even identify what the drug was, but mm-hmm. it definitely was something. It was a it was a substance that was p- exchanged for yes. money. Uh-huh. And it was pretty subtle too. They did like some kind of like sleight of hand thing where they just uh-huh. like the money flew out of his sleeve and into the <laughs> other guy's sleeve. But drug dealing must take some skill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to be like a magician. Oh yeah, absolutely. And. Later, like maybe 10 minutes later as we're leaving, and I'm like, what just happened? A cop, you know, walks by, and like, how are you guys doing? And my friend just starts talking to him, like, I'm good, how are you? You know, how, how's, how's the family? I'm like, you know him? He's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> just. And the thing is, all these people that I meet, I never have any idea what they're going to do. I'm kind of oblivious to it, so I just kind of go with the flow. Well, I mean, it sounds like you have a a pretty positive outlook on the world. I mean, you're you're looking actively looking for the best in people. I try, I try. I feel like a big a big con of being so connected now is that we're all so aware of what's going on in the world that we kind of get a little cynical when we see a lot of negativity going on in the world. So I try my hardest to keep a positive outlook on people, even if there's someone 
who I don't necessarily relate to. Yeah. I try to think that their experiences led them to be who they are. Yeah. And, you know, everyone has their own good. Absolutely. So the person that I met, you know, even though even though his um drug deal isn't exactly something I would consider as a career in the future. Sure. Uh, he has been known to be very friendly, good ways with people. Very good at making people feel at ease. And I think my brother's singing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, he just came in with ice cream. Oh, nice. A little ice cream sandwich. Perfect. <laughs> I, I, I like an ice cream sandwich. We can hear the, the unwrapping. The ice cream sandwich. How Enjoy. is it? How is it? <laughs> seems like he's enjoying it yeah he's definitely enjoying it he just gives me the nod i think he's what he's saying is this is mine you can't have it yeah yeah that's fair hey that's close fair. the door please can you lock it Tranquilo. uh yeah just close the knob yep cool all right where uh where are your people from manny uh my mother's from dominican republic my father's from puerto rico I was born here in Manhattan, and so were the rest of my brothers. Mm-hmm. Nice. Have you have you been to to visit where your parents are are from? Not yet. I've always wanted to. I yeah. feel like I feel like I've been so ingrained to like society as a New Yorker. Like mm-hmm. I feel like before I I identify as Puerto Rican or Dominican, I identify as New Yorker. Yeah. That's pretty cool, Manny. That's like that's very cool. I I think I think uh, New Yorkers are cool. <laughs> it's it's funny because I have like a very love hate relationship with this city. Like I love this city, but there's times where it just drives me crazy. I uh, I hear you. I think that's <laughs> that's sort of the the big reason for the cozy zone. It's like so here we are in this in your room. Like this is where you can get away from from the things that drive you crazy. What drives you crazy about New York? I love that there's so many different kinds of people to meet, but at the same time, I go insane anytime people get in your space, which feels like mostly in the subway. I, I, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think where where we work in in Times Square, like that sort <laughs> of that is the the ultimate hub of of getting up in each other's space. And even that, I I don't necessarily mind. It's the aggression that comes sometimes. Yeah. A lot that, of people bubbles feel up inside you or the ingre- that you from receive. Others, yeah. I feel like a lot of people have a sense of entitlement to mm. space. Mm-hmm. Like I've had people like without disabilities or anything demand that I get up out of my seat so they can sit. Mm. And have you complied? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they're a little scary. Yeah. But that's crazy. What I mean, is it just for power? Is it just for I mean, do you get a sense of why they're doing that? I suppose we're all just tired in the city and everyone who's getting in the way of our comfort after a certain hour is an enemy in their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we we started talking about all the all the stuff in your in your room. Uh yeah, so okay, so then your brother came in. So there's a lot of posters, a lot of video game posters <laughs> on the wall. You were telling me that that the posters on your wall have sort of evolved over time. Oh yeah. So every few years I try to update my room to give it a certain vibe just for a little context. I'm really into 
anything geeky. So mm -hmm. comic books and movies and cartoons and video games, things like that I'm basically obsessed with. And a few years ago, I, I'm still obsessed with film, but my walls were covered in movie posters. Mm -hmm. um, there was a time where my walls were covered with Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, Punisher, things like that. Mm -hmm. And lately, I've been stumbling across a lot of video game memorabilia, and I've just kind of been buying them here and there. And I noticed just a few days ago, looking at my walls, that almost everything right now is video game related. And I don't even know how that happened. It didn't even occur to me. Like, I have Mario Brothers and Sonic the Hedgehog on my walls. And there's, there's a, it looks like there's this post poster of insults. Oh, like yeah. Video games. <laughs> I, uh, things I'll say when I beat you at video games. Don't worry, it's just a game. You mean I'm the guy on the right? <laughs> Man, this game is easy. That's funny. All I did was mash buttons. What's your favorite uh, favorite little phrase on this poster here? I think I'm starting to get the hang of this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the only one I can ever actually say because as much as I do enjoy video games, I'm not good at any of them. Yeah, no, so. <laughs> I, I I empathize with that. I'm also not not good at them. What What's your favorite video game these days? Oh, yeesh, that's changing all the time. Um, hmm... I suppose um, Super Smash Brothers is basically a game where they get characters from all kinds of video games and they just fight each other. So you have like a bunch of your friends come over and play as characters <laughs> from video games they like, like Mario or Sonic, and then they just start beating each other up. It's mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Creates a lot of laughs. Nice. <laughs> who's your Who's your go-to character in Super Smash Bros.? Uh, Luigi, Mario's oh. underrated little brother. Ah, uh, yes. Are there brother? I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I you know I don't know the the Mario mythology very well. But, uh, <laughs> as far as I can tell, there's Mario and his brother, and they save Princess Peach from Bowser. That's as much as I yeah. know. <laughs> do you uh, do you think that being an older brother yourself, you you're excited about being the the younger brother to just sort of like try that out, see what that's like? <laughs> kind of. It's actually a weird juxtaposition because my my younger brother's obsessed with Mario, who's the older one, and I like Luigi. I suppose it's because he has a more dominant personality. Like, he's very outgoing, so... Mario? Or your brother? Uh, my brother. Uh. And meanwhile, I tend to be more reserved when I meet people. Uh, yeah? Uh, yeah. It takes a long time for me to open up. Hmm. Like, growing up, I didn't speak to anyone. Like, maybe from third grade up until eighth, I didn't talk to anyone. Ever? Ever. Like, I might have said hello and bye or raised my hand and answered the question, but I didn't really talk. So, you no friends or you just sort of hung out with your family by yourself? Kind of, yeah. I mostly, I had a hard time connecting with people only because I tend to have a hard time picking up on social cues. I never know when's the appropriate time to laugh or say I'm sorry and things like that. Growing up anyway. Yeah. And I kind of just like secluded myself into my books. I remember my teacher told my parents that I, I should spend a little less time reading. Wow. <laughs> so that gives you an idea of how often I chose to read instead of talk to people. And then growing up, I made it a goal to learn how to talk to people. So I started reading books on how to speak to people and things like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, what, I mean, what? I have a book right there. Yeah, which one, which one is, is like, 
what which one taught you the most like which was a influencing book you're you're gonna take it out here this is great uh make yourself unforgettable how to become the person everyone remembers and no one can resist oh my god when did you read this book funny enough not even that long ago oh a friend loaned it to me are these your underlines or are these your friends? Oh, my friend's underlines. He thought they would help me a lot. Oh, nice. So he was under underlining on on behalf uh, uh, of yeah. you. Optimism. Today describing uh, the weather. What? The, <laughs> the weather. With, oh, today describing the weather with a coworker. Like we were reporting two different uh, days from two different. I don't know what that says. <laughs> I uh, think that that part was talking about um, the weather and how somebody assumed it was going to be like the worst looking day ever while others was waiting for the sunshine. Little things like that. There's like general stuff, but there's also little things that once you realize you never you see them everywhere. Yeah. For example, a big thing I learned from it was whenever you're telling a story to somebody Look at their response and see if they're actually listening to you or if they're just waiting for their turn to talk. Mm. And if they are just waiting for their turn to talk. Well, that 99% of us do it. So that's right. not really, it's not really a flaw in that person. Right. But once you realize that you do it, if you actively try not to do it, conversations get a lot more beneficial. Like people, you tend to connect with them much more. A uh, classic example is... Oh, I, I only got three hours of sleep last night. And then your friend immediately goes, oh, well, I only had two hours of sleep. Things like that. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how often people do that. Yeah, everywhere they I, go. I, saw, I saw a little little uh, section called playing topper. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, the, exactly. that's what it refers to here. Yeah, you're always <laughs> trying to one-up sort of a game of one-upmanship. I, I think people want attention, you know? Like people want to feel special. People want to feel the most special maybe. As opposed to, I feel like no matter how comfortable you are in your own skin, many of us at least have some level of insecurity in us. Oh, oh, I think I think all of us are just writhing with insecurity. (laughs) Okay, I mean, I I would (laughs) say that like insecurity. I mean, I I don't believe anyone if they're comfortable in their own skin, but that's my own bias. Well, yeah, I'm pretty much exactly in the same boat. Yeah, and I think. A big part to happiness from what I've gathered, just that's worked for me after reading these books, is realizing that everybody else is just as insecure as you are. There's a book I read, and I don't remember the title or the author, so I'm going to paraphrase it. But there was a segment talking about this man whose wife threw a party for her friends. And one of her friends was commenting on... How, you know, the cooking was a little undercooked or how the house was a little dirtier. They didn't appreciate how, you know, the family talked to her and things like that. They were basically criticizing her the whole night. Yeah. And after the party was done, um, the author, the husband, he talks to her and asks what's wrong. And she says, oh, my friend keeps saying all these things. And I don't know, you know, it. She, she's probably right. And the husband went... Yeah, she is right. If you want to be who she is, then do exactly what she does. Look at her story. You know, see how her family treats her. You know, look, 
her husband, you know, is I don't I don't remember the details, but the husband wasn't very faithful and her house was in shambles and she just got laid off many times and mm-hmm. things like that. And not to say any of these like devalue her as a person, but the point he was trying to say was never take advice from anybody who doesn't already have what you want. Mm. That's that's a great thing to say like it it makes me think about something i i think about all the time is like any criticism that you receive is usually more about the person giving it than you absolutely yeah and that's really you know that's hard to remember but it's it's very true i feel like any criticism is either the person trying to build you up or drag you down right so it's very important to just be aware of where that person is coming from. Yeah. And I, th- I think like, I think I'm hearing that your life is in, in your history. It's been hard to trust people. Like there's been, not been a lot of people that you can trust, like thinking about, you know, you not talking to people for years and years and years and, you know, trying to be protective of people, you know, people, strangers entering into your, your circle and sort of, you know, perhaps threatening your brothers. And I, I mean, I think that's, that's totally understandable. Uh, yeah, but I feel like it, I try to be an optimist. I try to see the best in people. Yeah. So my lack of trust might not come from what I think the person is doing, but maybe my own personal insecurities. That yeah. I, I mean, just expect the worst. So I don't think it's a comment on the people around me as much as it is that I have a little growth to do when it comes to that. I mean, I, I, I'm right there with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> just thinking about like, I, I have a, a hard time taking compliments. I have a hard time trusting people and you know, I, it is very much like, you know, can I imagine that I am worthy of compliments, that I'm worthy of love? Like, and, and sort of where does that, where does that block come from? Like that I'm, I'm in therapy, I'm working it out, I'm talking it all through. Like these, these books are, are very like, uh, you know, it's a similar, similar journey, right? It's, it's looking at a similar thing. Um, but like, yeah, I'm like trying to go back in time to the moment where like I, stop believing that I was worthy of all these things. And I I think you're absolutely right that like lack of trust doesn't come from external forces. It comes from these, these monsters within (laughs) that, that one needs to make friends with. Um, Uh, Yeah, I agree. It's um, after reading these books, I felt like I've been able to come out of my shell at least a little more. mm -hmm. Like, even when you first approached me, you know, asking me if I was interested in doing any of this, I was, my first instinct gut reaction was I almost had a heart attack. Oh How come? <laughs> um, I feel very vulnerable. Like whenever people see my, my room and things like that. Well, I mean, it is, I mean, it's a huge, huge honor to be here. Like it is. I mean, I think that's sort of the, that's sort of the thrill for me of doing this cozy <laughs> zone is like, do I like, can I gain access to these like inner <laughs> sanctums of people? And, and every time I do, I mean, it's, it's very, very validating for me. And like, you, you must understand like what a huge gift it is to be here and like what an honor it is to be here. Well, I'm thankful that you approached me in the first place yeah. because I feel like this is a little out of my comfort zone, but I feel like I'm growing a lot for it. And I thank you for yeah. you know, even bringing this up to me, but hopefully it is in your cozy zone. Oh, this is absolutely <laughs> my cozy. I'm looking. We got to talk about this lava lamp, man. It's really going. <laughs> it's really going right now. So this is a gorgeous, uh, like uh, the red wax and blue liquid lava lamp, silver base. 
beautiful. A, one of the most beautiful lava lamps I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I think. wow. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a lava lamp. I had like a pink one. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty nice. Yeah. This one's much nicer than the one I had. <laughs> I don't think... When I, you know, I like pink now, but when I like had it, I, I was like... <laughs> like you know, my my parents gave it to me. I was like, yeah, you know, the 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 lava lamps with the colorful liquid, like that's those are the good ones, and like this is the only one I had. I was like, oh, cool, thank you. <laughs> pink. I would love to have a pink lava lamp. I yeah. feel like that would actually pop a little more. Yeah, but this is not, you know, red and blue. What a what a classic, classic combo. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, um, I have a weird obsession with blue. Oh like, yeah. Like neon blue, kind of sci fi ish going uh-huh. on. So as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my. And the red, I was, <laughs> the red just popped so much. It reminded yeah. me of like Spider-Man or something. Yes. So I just had to run in and take it. And anytime, the few people who have seen my room, they always comment on that. I keep forgetting it's there, to be honest. Yeah, well, it's it's pretty rad. And I'm looking, I, I'm looking at this Medieval Times photo. And you were, you were telling, you be, were beginning to tell you, tell me a story about it, but I, I stopped you. Oh, yeah. There's not really much going on with the story, but... A big thing is a lot of my friends are older than me. Uh-huh. So almost all my friends are either married or have kids and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm an uncle to like 30 different kids now. Wow. <laughs> uncle Manny. <laughs> but my friend, she invited me because it was her fiance's birthday coming up. Mm-hmm. So we were thinking, what is something he would like to do? So, out of a joke, I think one of us might have mentioned Medieval Times or something, and we just looked at each other like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> so, we go there, and I kid you not, we are the only 20-somethings, 30-somethings in the entire place. Everyone else is a sixth grader. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to take a picture with the king, and we yeah, were look crowned. At him. Yeah, he looks great, the king. <laughs> very, very pudgy, Santa Claus-looking king. But the thing is, it's just there's something it's something weird about being the only adults with a bunch of sick traders, but at the same time, it's an environment where everyone gets to be a kid again. And I feel like as you get older, that nostalgia just kind of creeps in on you. I remember seeing it when I was a kid. I've been there once when I was maybe 10, and it was fine for what it was, but I had way more fun as an adult for some weird reason. Well, that's very good. I haven't yet been to medieval times, but uh, it sounds like, it sounds like it's a pretty good <laughs> good time. If you ever watch the cable guy, you'll see a scene oh, that takes yeah. place in it. I have pretty... seen that. Yeah, that, that's my only experience with <laughs> medieval times. Cable guy. Uh, what? So you you were saying you were a movie buff? I'm really interested in like what kind of movies like really uh, really you were into. Okay. <laughs> um. It's not so much that I'm into genres as much as it is I'm into what story can be told. I feel like stories with characters overcoming a lot of problems, whether true or not, helps you grow as a person. So every year I look at the Oscars and things like that, and I'm always excited to see which movie's going to win, things like that. And it's it's easy to get caught up in... You know, what actor is really hot right now and things like that. But just more than that, it's um, I like the idea of seeing a script right in front of you, like a piece of paper with just words on it. And you think, how am I going to make this into something people can see and feel? 
So I'm always following directors and seeing what new techniques in film, like camera placement and lighting and things like that. Um, for example, a movie that came out not too long ago, um, I don't know if we talk about that or not, but they've, it was pretty interesting because it was filmed in a forest with all natural lighting, basically meaning the sun had to be in the perfect place for them to film a shot. And the entire movie was filmed like that. Which which movie? Uh, the Revenant. Oh, The Revenant. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah, and you know, it's something, little details like that, the average moviegoer might not notice or appreciate, but the idea that you only have this amount of time, do this scene right now, don't make any mistakes, and then that's it. If the sun, you know, moves even you know a little bit, the lighting's all off. You can't do it. So little stuff like that, I appreciate. This is uh, this is a, an extremely illuminating conversation <laughs> for me, Manny. This is like so. Uh, you, you've you've listened to a few episodes of uh, the, yeah. the Cozy Zone, and so you know, really, like the the main thing is like, okay, like let's get in out of this ridiculous city. Like let's find <laughs> let's find the place where we can really like have a nice chat. And and ultimately, the question is like what what drives like our inner selves and our, our creative selves. And like hearing you talk about movies, I'm, I'm beginning to put it together that I, you might like, you sort of have the heart of a filmmaker. <laughs> and I know, I mean, you're studying computer science. We, uh, yeah. we work in a theater together, yeah. you know, you, so, so I know, I know there's, there's a lot going on with you. There's a lot of interest. There's a lot of talent. Like, you know, you're a very sensitive, caring gentleman <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so tell me like, tell, like, tell me about this, this film love. Like, is that something that you have considered making part of your life? I've always considered it to be a part of my life from a very early age. I took acting classes when I was younger. I do enjoy acting a bit. Um, one of my acting coaches, strangely enough, was a pretty good actor. It's talented. I don't know if I can name him, but. I mean, uh, up to you. <laughs> He was in The Crow. He was a ma- he was one of the main characters in The Crow starring Brandon Lee. Uh-huh. And little touches like that, I'm proud of that for some reason. It's not an accomplishment of mine, but Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's nice. It's nice to know cool people. Like uh, that yeah. it's uh, you know, uh thinking about what your parents were saying, like, you know, <laughs> the 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 way you protect yourself is by associating with quality people. And so, you know, that is an accomplishment that that that's something you strive for. So, yes, you can take credit for <laughs> Well, thank you. For this guy. <laughs> Um, I love acting, you know, it's very, very fun. And then as I got older, I started appreciating what happens behind the scenes. Uh, A friend of mine, um, he writes plays for his church and things like that. And occasionally he asks me to help out. So either I take a role or I do lighting and things like that. And that's where I kind of appreciated the art of, you know, acting and directing as well. Although theater and film are almost completely different. Like there's so many different techniques to both. Right. But yeah, I've always enjoyed film and theater. It's um it's interesting because I've always toyed with the idea of getting into it. And there's always so many reasons why I tell myself not to, but at the same time I'm always like, do should I do it at least part time or on the side? I mean, I understand. I mean, tell me about those reasons. What are the reasons not to do it? Um I suppose the most basic reason which everyone always comes up with when they're considering acting or not to is, will you make it? Right. And, you know, if that was, that's a big reason, but if that was the only thing, then I don't think that would really be the one that stops me. Yeah, because what is making it? 
I suppose making it is, to many people, it's being recognized walking down the street, being a celebrity. Being famous. Exactly. Okay. Will you be famous? But, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways to be famous, and there's a lot of, uh, I don't know. I mean, Exactly, I, exactly, yeah. which is why I say that's not really the biggest reason. Okay, okay. Uh, my thing is, let's go on the other end. Let's say by some one in a billion chance I do make it. What if I get a little more attention than I wanted? Mm. Some people think they can handle fame. I don't think I would be ever able to, you know, be that kind of person. Yeah. Whenever a stranger comes up to you and recognizes you, I feel like some people just have that natural charisma that they're able to make them feel at home. I don't have that. I feel very, very shy and insecure anytime somebody talks to me and i don't know them mm. so that's just another completely random reason um i suppose another one is uh it's kind of like a hobby to me and if i thought if i made it work what would my hobby be because mm -hmm. i like to it's basically my cozy zone i stay in my room or in, i go to a theater and i just take myself out of the world for an hour or two and just take in this new world from this new perspective. And I suppose if I was doing that on a daily basis, day in and day out, maybe I wouldn't appreciate it as much. None of this is to say I've decided that I won't do it. Mm -hmm. It's always going to be an interest of mine. Mm -hmm. But these are all reasons why I'm toying with, you know, maybe doing a little bit here and there part time, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe even just interning. And <laughs> I, I, I think, I mean, I think. I don't know. Like I, you know, I, I, I think about sort of making a, a leap myself. You know what I mean? Like pursuing, pursuing, performing, pursuing comedy, that kind of thing. You know, I'm, I'm always thinking about gearing up for it. And I, I have similar like things. Oh, like well, you know, I, I tell myself all sorts of different things. And I, the reason I do that is out of fear. You know, like I, like. It's interesting, like, you don't want to be too famous, right? You know, like, I, that's, that's a really, that's like a, I completely understand that. You don't want too much attention. Because I, I think there's there's part of you that thinks that, like, if you went for it, you could get somewhere. Like, there's a, a certain fear of success and yeah. a certain, like, confidence that, like, oh, like, if I really focused my energy on this, I could, it could happen for me. Like, very, very really. Like it's, it, and I, you know, this is something I, you know, I wanted, we can't look at you, Manny right now, but like, you're a very handsome, very <laughs> well, handsome thank you. man, you know? And it's interesting, like, you know, yeah, like that's, that's, that's crucial. Like your handsomeness is, is <laughs> I, an I don't know if I agree with that, but thank you. I, well, you know, certainly I understand, <laughs> I, I understand that too. Like, you know, people have told me I'm handsome, but it's hard for me to believe them. So, you know, you are. Oh, thank you, thank you. We're, I think we should. We're gonna. We're gonna like handsomeness is a subject. I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to get into later. Okay. Uh, but we'll definitely will. But um, you know, yeah. I. I think. I. I think. I think you should go for it. That. That's. I'm just gonna put that on the record by saying that. Like you know. Do you like uh, what? Uh, what area? would you most be would you be most excited about acting directing because you, you sound like you have a interest in the writing and the technical aspects of everything um i'm a terrible writer i have never written anything i've ever enjoyed so i don't think it would be that i do enjoy acting i like i like the idea of making people feel something just from your words and your face and your actions 
So I'd like to maybe start off acting and things like that. And if I ever feel like I'm comfortable enough where I'm like, I never stopped growing as an actor. But if I ever feel like, all right, I've explored this to the point where I'm comfortable with it. Maybe I'd like to direct, although directing is like there's so many different factors that go into it. It's like it's it's a thankless job, basically. I don't know, but it's all it's sort of all you. It's like the most it's the it's all on you. Ultimately, like yeah. your name is on the whole thing. You That's the most thanks. <laughs> like, sure, there's actors, but you are responsible for all of the things. It is. But at the same time. If I were to say, oh, have you seen that new Leonardo DiCaprio movie or that uh, Charlize Theron movie or whoever, Jennifer Lawrence, things like that. People are like, oh, my God, I love her. If I ask, oh, have you seen that Darren Aronofsky movie? Oh, Alejandro and Enrito Gonzalez or whatever. Nobody knows who these people are. Not nobody. You just got to ask the right. (laughs) You got to find your your people. Exactly. The people who do appreciate. Yeah. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who appreciate directors. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm one of them. Yeah. But my point is, it's one of those things where if everything goes perfectly, then a select few of people, like a select group of people will really appreciate it. If one of the thousand things that can go wrong do go wrong, it all kind of falls on you. And I don't want to paint this like directing is a terrible job. It's an amazing job. The people who, like I've seen do this, I have so much respect for them and I would love to try it out. Yeah. Why not? Oh, I'm not against it. Yeah. Like, I'm definitely I'm definitely all for it. You could make a little movie. You could direct a little movie. You were talking about making a YouTube channel. <laughs> you know, that, uh, yeah. these are all, all ways in, you know? Uh, definitely i love film i love theater so why not i was thinking of doing um movie reviews or maybe maybe shorts yeah who knows oh yeah all of it (laughs) that's very exciting manny i i think i think you should go for it well thank you i'm definitely i've always been on the edge of it so yeah well hopefully maybe we can help push each other over that edge (laughs) you know that's 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 the thing uh, all right, so handsomeness, right? <laughs> okay, so so when when like you don't think do you identify as a handsome man? <laughs> it's not so much that I have problems with how I look or anything like that. I used to growing up. I was I couldn't stand looking at myself in the mirror. I, I was so insecure. Oh man, what what did you see? Like what what? Why was that so hard? Um, might not believe it, but I was very short. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't believe it. You're yeah. How tall are you now? I'm six one. Six, six one. Two, okay. Yeah, so yeah, it's not short. <laughs> not short. I was very short. My head was a little too big for my body. I was very skinny. My teeth were not nice. Before I got braces, they're still okay, I guess. They're good. They're nice teeth. Thank you. you got a winning <laughs> smile. Um, a lot of people actually comment on like they say I smile a lot. I don't really think I smile that much, but I think a big reason is I never really showed my teeth in any of my pictures. Mm. Like, I never smiled because I was very insecure about mm-hmm. it. And as soon as my braces came off, I felt like the whole world was at my disposal. So I started smiling everywhere I could. And I guess it's just a habit that never went away. Which is great for everybody. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> as for going on to being handsome and things like that. I suppose there's always people that, you know, you you find attractive qualities about. Sure. And I think 
I think that when you see somebody and you see something attractive about them, that's nice. But I feel like if you spend enough time with anybody and just get to talk to them long enough, eventually you'll find at least something attractive about them, whether it's a laugh or a smile or the way, you know, they they look away for a second. Little touches like that. And everybody has them all these little quirks. And I feel like those are the things that I'm always keeping an eye out as opposed to conventional, you know, beauty. I feel like, you know, yeah, there are beautiful people in the world, but I feel like it's the little quirks that makes people interesting. But in terms of in terms of coming into an awareness of your own your own attractiveness, like I mean, do you do you do you notice that that you get attention for being handsome? I'm kind of oblivious to it most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like maybe once in a blue moon, someone will say, "Oh, you're very handsome. You should model." Who says that? Strangers on the street. I've, I've I. I've gotten a few cards, which is weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, I hate I hate telling people that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I like it. I'm glad that's this is what I'm 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 curious because it's like, come on, like Manny, like you know, I don't know, I, like I guess I'm is this is this is something I'm interested in, like I I also like don't necessarily identify as a handsome man, but like and only maybe a few. Years like a good man, not like two years ago. I'm like, okay, like maybe, maybe I, maybe, maybe I'm okay. Like maybe okay, yeah. this is like working out for me. I like, I don't know. And you know, I've dated people. I was in romantic mm-hmm. relationships. Like clearly, like one person thought I was attractive. But also, like thinking about your logic, like, well, they've spent enough time with me. You know, they've they've seen into my like inner beauty, but I don't want them to get too deep because then mm-hmm. they'll know who I really am, and that'll be like really nasty and ugly. <laughs> but I don't know. Like it is, it's because uh, you know. I guess you didn't grow up handsome. Like you weren't you, that. You weren't handsome your whole life. You sort of recently came into your your own. I've hit a. I've hit a decent point, I guess. Uh-huh, I'm not. Uh-huh. I'm all right, I suppose. It's um, <laughs> things are, things are. My head's the right size now. Yeah, <laughs> Let me put it that good. way. Yeah. Let me put it that way. I uh, I just have to tell our our cozy zone listeners that that Manny is is sort of perched on his uh, on his bed, kind of like <laughs> a, one of those mud flap girls. <laughs> it's very a very like a very lovely, uh, sultry pose. <laughs> I've been glancing at himself in the mirror, just oh, just stop. just oh, checking stop. in on his own handsomeness, <laughs> uh, which is which is uh, abundant. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I hear you. I we we don't need to talk much longer about this, but I I just think it's really interesting. Like, I don't know if you've ever actively you like used your handsome privilege to get anything. Not intentionally, if anything. <laughs> Maybe somebody might have given me a free cup of coffee at one point in life, but I don't know if that was because of handsomeness or not. Um, I I think it might just be a part of it is if somebody approaches me like and says I'm handsome and they want to talk to me, I take it as a compliment. I never, you know, I, I never argue with somebody and say, "Oh, I'm not handsome" or things like that. That's good. That's only good. because I feel like that's kind of what's well, ridiculous. I mean, yeah. There was one time I remember in high school. Um, a really, really pretty like girl came up to me and said, oh my God, you're so handsome. You should be a model. And I looked at her straight in the eye and I said, 
why? And she looked at me like, like I was like an alien and just walked away. And I'm like, oh, that was the most. You blew it. That was the worst thing I could have ever said at <laughs> you, that time. You just blew it. <laughs> Bummer. And ever since then, I learned, you know, just take the compliment, things like that. But I, I feel like a big thing is, all right, they at least consider me physically attractive. Now what? Do I, How do I keep that momentum going that they might see me as a good person? I guess that's kind of an insecurity. Totally. Well, how how do you do that? Like what? Like what? What was your first? Uh, what was your first courtship? When did you first like woo somebody? <laughs> uh, I was very, 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 very awkward growing up. I I didn't know how to compliment anyone. Hey, I like your face. Uh-huh, uh-huh. that's a good compliment that's a, <laughs> i like people's faces people have good faces it's important to let them know um maybe around maybe around junior high around high school it wasn't anyone in my school it was someone around the neighborhood that okay. i started hanging out with mm-hmm. and, and she was mostly i guess she was mostly a friend we mostly just hung and hung around and talked about whatever was going on movies or games or whatever mm-hmm. so i I don't even know if I did anything that would be considered a courtship. I think she courted me. I see. Mm-hmm. You got courted. I I had the same thing, in my first time. But like, when do you do you remember the first time like you actively pursued somebody? Hmm. Uh, yeah. She she was very kind. I asked her out, and then the next day she told me she had a boyfriend. Oh. And, you know, it wasn't anything, um, it wasn't anything wrong. You know, we, we were still friends and things like that. And I suppose it's just a matter of being confident, but not too confident. I might've overplayed my, like my cards a little bit. Like, Hey, why don't you go out with me? And <laughs> it's still a learning process. I've, I've still got a long way to go. You know, I, we all, we all do. We definitely <laughs> all do. Hey, yeah. You go with that's good though. I don't know. I'll use that. I'll use that line. Uh, all right. So okay. So we're talking about handsomeness. You like the Revenant? What like is there a what movie sort of got you going? Like with movie? Like is there a movie that sort of marks the beginning of your movie loving journey? Maybe The Matrix. Nice. Um, my grandmother, just for the record, she like is obsessed with like old school horror movies and things like that. Nice. So anytime my parents were out of the house, I would always sneak and watch like the worst kind of movie. <laughs> and I was like maybe six or seven. So I don't know, maybe that wasn't good for me, but either way it was fun for me and my grandma. My grandma's like, I love her so much. She's very, she's younger than me. So wow. <laughs> like, and she bought this movie, the matrix. She thought it was about vampires. <laughs> I was expecting a vampire movie. And I, at first, I was kind of angry. I was like, there's no vampires in this. <laughs> but then watching and then about, I don't know, maybe the hour mark is when everyone starts learning to fight and things like that. And they start doing all these moves like wall running. And I'm thinking, how did they do that? And then there's, towards the end, there's a signature bullet dodge scene that everybody, like, loves. And the first time I saw that, like, my brain exploded. I'm like, what just happened? How did I? What? I must have tried to do that at least a thousand times, <laughs> always to fall on my back. Oh, God. <laughs> and I think that was the point where I learned how much I really like movies. Although I didn't quite get into the technique until about maybe 
six years ago. Okay. And that's where I am now. I just like seeing lighting and directing and, you know, how do you, it's easy to say a line, but how do you say it and make them believe it? I, that's always an interesting thought in my head. It so. is, it is such a challenging thing. Like, do you have an explanation for it? Like, do you, have you learned techniques? Would you be able to <laughs> describe that? I may have taken lessons when I was younger, but I don't feel like those are the lessons that professional actors, you know, maybe they might not follow the same philosophy because those mostly exercises like improv and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think for me personally, 90% of acting isn't so much what you're doing or what you're saying, but how you're saying it. So for example, you can say I'm so exhausted but unless you say it like and you sound exhausted, there's no way anyone will ever believe you. So <laughs> my brother might be knocking on the door. Doing doing one Yeah, just leave him for now. Okay. We'll see if he gets bored and walks away. Okay. Or not. For example, whenever I've acted on stage, like a big thing some people have told me is do big actions because you know, if you move a little too subtly, <laughs> you can open the door. Okay. <laughs> What up? You good? What's up? Why are you happy? All right, good. Come, come on, come on here. All right, we're coming into the, the zone. He's coming into my zone. Um. So yeah, like a big thing is a lot of people have told me do big actions. So for example, you know, you know, move your arms around a little more, things like that. Not not to be cartoony, right? But, but a mostly just to keep like people awake because if you're if you're watching a play and somebody's sitting down the whole time, it's not visually interesting. Yeah. But I feel like while you know physical acting is a big part of it, I feel like it's mostly your voice. Your voice can say so much. Mm. It's you know it's different between sounding terrified or sounding angry or sounding you know depressed and things like that. Your voice has so much. <laughs> you can you can go to your room. Go, he he's gonna take my phone. Okay. <laughs> hey, go to your room. Come on. Thank you. <laughs> All right. You want to dance? Okay. <laughs> nice. Got some dancing. Yeah, my little brother is a dancer. None of this is to say that I have any right to tell anyone about acting techniques i don't know anything i'm not yeah, i'm mean, not a professional actor but for me i think emotion a lot of it comes from your voice that's yeah that's great i i mean i i was curious about your particular perspective <laughs> of it you know yeah you have just as much right as anybody uh yeah is it like i just like listening to people talk and hearing you know the emotion behind their voice like for example, uh, Rambo, Sylvester Stallone, a movie it came out, what, 70s, 80s? Yeah. I don't even remember. It's mostly known as like an action movie, you mm -hmm. know, machine guns and in the forest and you're a big macho man, things like that. Yeah. In the end of the first scene, in the end of the first movie, he has a scene where he just has a breakdown and he talks about his experiences in the war. Mm -hmm. And towards the very last thing he says is his voice cracking. Mm. Like, he's talking about his friend whose, like, legs were blown off and mm -hmm. things like that. And you hear him crying. And this big macho man, his voice cracks in the middle of his sentence. And that devastated me. Wow. And I was thinking, oh, my God, he 
that is what I want to do. Like to have people perceive me one way and then with a couple lines of dialogue that you put your soul into it, all of a sudden their entire like perspective has changed. I mean, this, this is a very validating argument for, for podcasting too, because all we have here is, is sound, you know? Oh yeah. And so all of, all of the feelings, all of the sort of interpersonal connections that we're, we're developing here, like all we have is, is, is audio to, to sort of make that real. And the, you know, Zuma, (laughs) Zuma, yay. Or the new Maya. Uh, 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 my brother wants to talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, come on. All right, he, I'm just going to let him keep playing with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all good. Sorry about that. No, please. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. And I feel like I don't consider myself like an auditory learner. Like I've, I have a hard time listening for a long time. Mm. But at the same time, I find audio to be such an important aspect. Like, for example, someone I knew, he was scared that he might be going deaf because his ear was going out. Mm. And that's something that a lot of people don't think about how terrifying it is not to be able to hear something in one of your ears. Like, that is horrifying. Yeah. But listening to all the sounds around you, whether it's something as simple as a bird chirping which you know new york you might not get that much but hearing the footsteps to let you know that somebody's approaching mm-hmm. that that's a little detail that most people don't think about yeah or music in the background while your brother dances that's right, <laughs> that's right. and you're a you're a musician too though you play the guitar uh yeah i do it's um it's right there i have a few guitars i do like music I feel like, I guess that's just another way of saying what I was saying, that sound kind of makes you feel emotions. Yeah. Like, I find it so interesting. I've always been wondering why a certain song, just instrumental, can make you feel happy or sad or angry. Yeah. So it's always interested me. Um, I played the violin a little bit when I was growing up, and it was fun. I enjoyed it. I wish I still kept it. I feel like that would have been a nice thing to have around. I've always loved the guitar. I feel like I never realized how much theory there goes into music. Like there's so many things like to take into like account. Yeah. Like different keys and chord progressions and mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh give me one second. Sure, sure. Oh, okay. oh so that's where it's coming from. Oh, you can put these on so you're Oh wow! Oh no! Oh, there came. It was coming out of the headphones. I didn't even realize. The that. wireless headphones. Yeah. So sorry. No, no, please, man. No worries. You're uh, you're bilingual. I I guess. Oh um yeah. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Just just a little just a touch of the bilingual. Uh funny enough, English is technically my second language mm-hmm. because I grew up speaking Spanish first. Yeah. That's not I mean but, that, that makes sense. But at the same time I'm all I'm almost completely 
given up on Spanish. Like, my Spanish is so terrible. (laughs) Like, I understand that fluently. My parents speak Spanish predominantly. And I'm able to get my messages across, you know, perfectly for them. Yeah. But I don't know what it is. I feel like as I've gotten older, maybe I've just gotten too used to English that I've never bothered to formally learn all the little techniques to Spanish. Mm -hmm. Like, as you get older with English, you learn conjunctions and things like that, or just mm-hmm. little properly, like, um, he and I, as opposed to me and him. Things, Little sure. things like that that yeah. you don't really pick up unless you're actually having conversations right. on a daily basis. Um, it is a beautiful language. I've always wanted to, like, study it a little more. There are a few languages I'm interested in learning. Like what? I really like Japanese. Mm-hmm. I really, really want to learn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's very beautiful. Just the written language and the definitely, you know, yeah. The there's all there's like three different alphabets, which is really cool. <laughs> definitely, yeah. I, I like. I'm kind of obsessed with it. I, I like. I like seeing or playing Japanese, like, movies or games, and then reading the subtitles in English and like wait. Is that what that word means? Yeah. Because you use that exact same word in a different context a second ago. Yeah. That's crazy. Do you, I mean, do you, do you want to like go to Japan? Do you want to? Oh, definitely. I, I, I need to visit Tokyo at least one point in my life. It's, it's cool. I've been, I've been one time. It's really, it's re- yeah, it's really great. Oh my God. How was that? It was so amazing. It's so amazing. I mean, it, it feels like a, it feels like it's in outer space. Like J- Japan feels like a, a different planet. And like, I mean, there's, it's just, Tokyo is like everywhere is super Times Square. <laughs> There's so many people. Um, it's so dense. Like everything is so, I guess, like well manicured and they're systematized and organized. Uh, it, it's really lovely. It's really, really lovely. And they, they love the French and everything has like the the... You know, fancy things have a very French feel to it, which is really wow. fascinating. So, like, <laughs> Japanese interpret French. And, like, yeah, the Japanese, I mean, interpret a lot of different things, you know. Certainly they interpreted uh, chi- Chinese culture and were, you know, a colonial power, an imperial power, which is, you know, a challenging part of their history. And, and you know, all of our histories, are, you know, our big global superpower histories. Um but yeah, I really, I really loved it. The food's delicious. Everyone's so nice. I would love to go. I've never, I've never left the states. I've always wanted to travel. Yeah, like the furthest I've gone is maybe Ohio. Okay. <laughs> so okay, yeah. It's um, I want to see more of the world. I feel like I like to visit Europe. I'd like to see maybe Italy or yeah. I'm kind of interested in Poland right now. Yeah, Poland's cool. Good movies in Poland. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, yeah, you gotta get you out of get out of here. I I feel so smothered sometimes in this city. Like, yeah. like even the air sometimes I feel like it's so polluted. I yeah. don't know, but I love this city. I love everywhere I go. There's always something to see. Yeah. So who knows where I'll be in ten years, twenty years if I'm still living and traveling all over the world or something. Yeah. Well, ma- hopefully you'll be a you know some sort of a movie maker, filmmaker <laughs> that'll that'll take you all over the world. Maybe we'll see. We'll yeah. see. It's um. It's definitely a, like a hobby I'm pretty passionate about. I do enjoy movies quite a bit. Yeah. Well, l- let's get you there. All right, Manny. So, as you may know, I am uh I'm an ambassador of the the Cozy Zone Foundation, <laughs> right? And uh this is a foundation that has uh a lot of money uh and that commissions 
uh, artists to create uh, collaborative projects. Uh, and we have unlimited funds to create any kind of project that we want. Uh, it should presumably speak to our, our interests in art forms and skills. Um, and all we need to figure out is a concept and a title. Okay. Uh, so what are we going to make? What are we going to make? Hmm. Let's see. It feels like, it feels like, I mean, it feels like some sort of film, some sort of film project seems to make sense. I think so too. I, I really like film and I feel like there's so many possible ideas that haven't really been covered in film yet. Tell me, tell me some of these. Um, there's things that have been brought up but never really been made been made the focus. For example, relationships between people. Everyone always thinks of romantic relationships, mm -hmm. and you know, they those have a lot of ground room to go. But I'd love to see a story that deals with parents and how much a parent is willing to do for their child, mm. and a child willing to do for their parent, mm -hmm. and things like that. Or a relationship between two best friends, mm. things like that, which we all experience. But we never really take the time to appreciate. So that's, I'd that's like interesting. I'd like to see more stories about how far you're willing to go for someone you care about, not in a romantic sense. That's really interesting. I mean the the relationship between parent and child really resonates with me. Definitely. Uh, you know, thinking a lot about my, the relationship with my parents. You know, playing with the idea of uh, what it would be like to be a parent myself. Uh, I mean, that feels particularly urgent for me right now, <laughs> thinking about, uh, yeah, the relationship between parent and child and how complicated that is. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Um, how far you're willing to go is interesting. So like what kinds of things like, like, are you, are you picturing something like kind of, uh, far fetched or, or, uh. Well, I like toying with different things. It could either be something realistic here, like a mother. Like I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what parents can do in a modern context or in a completely different context. Yeah. Like for example, many different people looking for jobs here, trying to support something simple like that. Or we could do something completely out of left field, like some kind of post-apocalyptic land. I, I'm interested to see what a mother is willing to do to protect her kids when everything is terrible. Like. All right. Okay, <laughs> that's just a dream. So, I had like, this is interesting. So, like, I, I'm think like something that feels exciting to me is sort of like post-apocalyptic parenting. Yes, that that is something I would love to see explored. Okay, okay. So let's 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 talk about. So, what kind of apocalypse has happened? I I guess I I'm in like I like zombie apocalypses, but I feel like that there's a lot of coverage. There's a lot of zombie yeah. uh, coverage these days. But, like, I'm thinking, like, what is happening? Like, you know, there's global warming. There's, like, all sorts of, you know, we're going to be killing each other over water resources. You know, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be some, like, grand, like, war or, like, violent, yeah. you know, that's going to happen. And so after that happens, like, you know, is there, a like, a nuclear holocaust? Like, what? I'm thinking something like that. After seeing Mad Max again, yeah. I was thinking... I got to see... I, I think I want to... Yeah, oh, I gotta check watch it out. It. I, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's on... Uh, I think it's on HBO Go. I'll, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's I, awesome. Yeah. I would love to see something similar to Mad Max, but showing what a mother is willing to do to, to protect her kids. Okay. It, she doesn't necessarily have to be an action heroine. Like, not everybody is, like, 
phys- physically perfect. Right. So if they want to do like an action thing, we can do it. But I'm more interesting to see what like an average person, you or me or anyone we know is willing to do to protect someone we right. care about. Well, and it's it's a story about survival, yes. it seems like. And yeah. I wonder, I mean, is it is it a like Mad Max is sort of this desert world. Yeah. Like are we are we in that kind of are we in a desert world? Like what has happened to the earth, I guess is the question. Like do did all of these bombs go off? Like are people deep under maybe oh all right, I'm. I love. I actually love like deep underground Ooh, stuff. That, that'd be cool. So you know, sort of like the Matrix. Thinking about the Matrix, Definitely. right? This, so there's Zion, right? That's deep under mm-hmm. under the Earth. Like you know, there's all this fallout on the surface of the Earth, like right. And so people, people have had to like burrow deep in the Earth to survive. Right. And it's very hard. I don't like, and so how do you cult it? Like, how do you survive down there? Like I coming up the, of the rules of a, of a, of a fake world is so exciting. to me. (laughs) Okay. So you, so you, you, so how do you get like food? Hmm. I like to think that food is a resource. They have food. They, they basically process it, maybe like protein blocks or things like that. And it's almost used as a form of currency. Okay. But, but who met, so like there's just, I mean, I hear you, but like, how do you do it? Like, like when you, you have nothing like, and so you're, you're wandering around. There's probably all these tunnels. There's like, you have to like dig through rock. You know, you have to like, it's, it's probably really hard living down there. Are you, are you feeling okay oh, yeah. with like underground this definitely, underground definitely. subterranean good. world? Maybe they keep trying to expand it by tunneling through like yeah. uh, underground. Yeah. And the resources they get are basically, you know, whatever underground like nightcrawlers things like that. I don't I'm not entirely sure what's Yeah, cuz what do you have? Maybe they're they're cultivating underground. I don't and know. Maybe how. it's like fungus. Maybe it's fungus. All right. Yeah, that that sounds good. You can cult because like I think that that seems like you know people are probably you know, mushrooms are a like mushrooms and fungus. I feel like are a big definitely they're going to save our lives. And maybe there's all sorts of different weird. There's like like benevolent fungus and mm-hmm. malevolent fungus, and like there's a lot of like. Oh, this is getting good. You know, people like go like trip on some like magic mushrooms, right? Some like <laughs> and like or there's like you know there's poison or that you know. Yeah, so I think like because of because everyone has retreated underground, like maybe there's all of this crazy fungal. Like it's all, I think it has to all be about fungus. I think that sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds so good. We'll call it Fungus the Movie. <laughs> all right, all right. That's a good that's a good first uh, first pass. Fungus the movie. <laughs> I don't know about Fungus the Movie. I know, I know. <laughs> but uh uh okay, so and I, I listen, I really, really I just have to say I really like the idea of like a relatively average surviving, you know, woman mm-hmm. who has a family. Maybe there's you know, the father is dead or yeah. gone or you know. So like a single mother, you know, m- protecting her her kids and and the people in her community because there probably has to be some sort of yeah. community to like like at least a small tribe or band of people. It sounds good. It's I, I like the underground thing. I hadn't yeah. considered that, but that yeah. is awesome. All right, so we're underground. We're we're there's a like fungus is key. Um, hmm. Where do we go from here? Um, 
Well, you know, I I wonder I wonder if we we keep so we start we're starting with fungus the movie. What are what are some other possible titles? Do we need to come up with the name <laughs> of the of the main characters, or we don't need to necessarily? Um, we could. I, I feel like the names are very little concern to me right now. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Let's not worry about that. It could be named anything. Um, but ultimately, like I maybe maybe something we can we can talk about is like what we would want to to say in the story. You know what I mean? Like what is the the quote unquote moral of it? Like what are we trying to show? Like I I'm hearing that you're very interested in how to evoke emotion, mm-hmm. right? You know that's something, and I I also I share that. But you know what is like what are what is our message? Because I feel like you know there's a like Hollywood is basically in service of maintaining our status quo, you know, like they're just reifying our sexist, racist, capitalist society, you know, like through all of these stories. Mm -hmm. So what, what might, what might we want to say? What, how might we want to position our story to, I mean, this is something that's important to me to like try and dismantle some of these, these things. Hmm. I'd like it to be a little morally gray in the sense that there's so many things that we instantly associate. All right. Bad. Like, for example, um, murder, lying or selling your body, things like that. We as many associate bad right away. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking under a certain context, is it acceptable? That's great. I think that's great. Yeah. I I mean, well, but so in keeping it, quote, like, narrative wise morally gray right Mm -hmm. i think that does that is like radical you know what i mean like i love i love the idea of you know how can we have sympathy for this protagonist killing a lot of people Mm -hmm. you know it to help her children survive you know perhaps like engaging in sex work you know perhaps uh lying or deceiving like, does she like have to kill one of her children? Like, thinking things about, like that. Like, yeah, like mother courage in her children. You know, the Brecht play where <laughs> I don't know. I think either her ki- children are killed or she kills them. I don't know. Like Medea, she kills them. But I also think that there is a there is a danger, and and I I mean we would have to we would work on it. But there's a danger in, I guess. Uh, drumming up kind of misogynist definitely uh, feelings Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure how like to solve for this but like what would be a way to you know make this strong female protagonist a feminist uh, likable and like a way to also just sort of and how can we position her to also help dismantle the patriarchy which is important to me. Uh. Um, I'm not a writer, so I can't think of I can't think of specifically the writing and how to do it naturally. But a big thing is, I like it to be a sort of message about equality. Okay. In the sense that I don't want it to be black and white. I don't want every single man to be a one dimensional woman hater and every single sure, woman sure, sure. to be a heroine. I want there to be different characters. Yeah. Like the woman. I want her to be a morally gray character, yeah. but I also want another woman who like everyone's like, Oh, she's a fantastic character. And another one who's like, Oh, you're not very likable. Yeah. Same thing for the male characters. So if we have 
like a male character, maybe a male character who's, you know, who's a patriarch in a way. And he's kind of, he's a misogynist and things like that. And sure. he's very abusive, but there's also other male characters who come to her for help. Right. You know, things like that. I don't, hmm, I don't want it to be necessarily, uh, man versus women no. type story no, because no, no. yeah, I want it to be a little more subtle than that. I feel like a lot of so-called feminist movements tend to, put an emphasis on the divide between them when Maybe. they should be focusing on the unity between them. Do you have any examples of that or not off the top of my head? And I don't, I don't know if I want to get into it. Like I'm not entirely sure if I can name a movie right now, but there, but I've seen articles and things like that, which I feel like they have the right intention, but they're approaching it the wrong way. I feel Maybe. like I can't even like, I don't know. Like I couldn't even like name a feminist movie. Maybe I could, I don't know. I like, I, it's hard to, there think. has been a debate with Mad Max actually. Over oh, right, whether it's considered right. a feminist movie. Right. And I found that interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I got to see it. <laughs> um, so, okay. So I'm, I'm imagining. So, okay. So we're in this like post apocalyptic world mm -hmm. and you know, I, I just need to preface what I'm about to say that I, you know, I've been born and raised in a capitalist society mm -hmm. where, where the family structure, uh, is, is designed in order to, uh, in, in order to like sort of connect labor f to the state right so right. That you like we're a, like you build a family in order to for the st and the state mandates this union like through marriage and all this stuff so that the labor of your children are directly funneled into the state to like you know help it flourish right okay so disclaimer that's sort of my strange like i'm a capitalist disclaimer okay <laughs> what like so Labor, though, in this world is crucial. Like you need you need numbers. You need you know their safety in like able bodied human beings and people. Women, uh, you know, are become pregnant and create more mm -hmm. people. Like they are the like in this world. Presumably, like it is really crucial for people to have more like more people. Like if you can populate this strange world, you. Are, can be more powerful you can like sort of create the generations and so i'm wondering if like i don't know like if these little bands of underground people are like trying to you know build these little mini empires through pregnancy through you know like she's trying to get pregnant she's trying to protect herself while she's pregnant she's trying to like she like she is the leader like she like the like sort of like a queen bee almost. Oh yeah. Um it could be a possible plot with different factions growing different yeah. with different ideological like different beliefs. Hives. Yes. Oh, exactly. God. And either she might either be like in stuck in one of them or she might be stuck between them. Yeah. Things oh like my that. god. These this hive idea is like terrifying but also like fascinating. I wonder yeah. oh my god. And <laughs> and, the, and and they like they harvest fungus and like yeah. human society <laughs> becomes like bees people are like bees oh that would oh my God. and they like make these little like and that's what it is and instead of like a hive it's rocks because it's underground oh my god i don't know if this is a good <laughs> idea but it, it's like that's i that's sort oh, of oh this is getting way darker than i ever thought it oh would and i love god. it oh my god <laughs> i think it's i think this is what it's gonna be oh my god i feel so funny about it but like here we are I mean, yeah, this is, I mean, this would be crazy. Yeah. A crazy dystopia. People are bees. I think it, what is it called? Like the hive or hive mind or. Yeah. 
That's a that's the, what, the hive mind. Yeah, I think so. The hive mind, something like that. Yeah, hive hive mind. Uh, drone. Uh, drone wars. Oh yeah, they've been taught not to think for themselves. They just work and do. Yeah, because because the, well, there's drones, and then I don't remember what male bees are called, but male bees like all of the worker bees are female. In a hive, and then only and males are like these free agents who like go from hive to hive and try to impregnate the queen, and then they like either are killed by the drones afterwards, mm-hmm. or and I wonder if like I wonder if that's I I, I feel like this is this is a great very interesting be an interesting parallel. The question is, would it be like nurture or nature like? Will they act that way because they've been taught to, or just because the conditions the conditions on the ground have led to their sanity being reduced? Well, I mean, you got to survive. I mean, of course, I, I all yes, yeah, all of the above, you know. Because you I mean there needs to be. Do you watch Walking Dead? Uh, yeah, I've seen. Yeah. All right. So, like, you know, you you see these like different communities that mm-hmm. that like crop up. And like all of everyone, all of the little factions in that show, like they're all like completely f- messed up. We've been pretty clean this show. I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't going to ruin it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we can go. Yeah, I mean, it, no, totally. totally. <laughs> they, they, but they, you know, they're they're some messed up. Like they are. They're just dark. Like there is like yeah. some epic, epic darkness at the heart of all of the different factions. Even the the one that we follow, you know, Rick and Rick and crew. Yeah, you know, he is a dark. Man, I love that. I love that they there's such a gray area with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I I mean, I think like, I don't know, like in these post apocalyptic scenarios, there's a lot of darkness. Mm -hmm. And like, yes, like I think that, you know, if you were forced to be underground and just eat fungus and like people probably I don't know, like you don't see the sun, like what happens to you, like your body probably deteriorates. You have to like, you know cultivate some sort of vitamins to like not to like get the something that you're not getting from the sun like maybe you you create like uv like artificial uv light rigs or something like that that you carry around you you know like you have to do some crazy stuff there's so much you can do with that oh yeah and and then everyone's like a bee and like maybe like somehow like you can like if you you know eat a certain type of fungus you can like uh, control the gender of your child like in women like in this society women would... are are more valuable than men because then you can like create more people you know oh definitely that would that would be really interesting it's yeah. um there's so many ways you can go with it like i've i've read so many stories and seen so many stories like that possible have possible influences like there's a there's a fungus a real fungus called cordyceps that is known to like any ants or insects that get near it, it's been known to get into their brain and like ruin them, and basically turn them into mindless zombies. Yes. There's, there's a video game based on that. Yes, I've seen, I've read about that. Yes. It's crazy. So t- touches like that yeah. go a long way. There's a book called Metro 2033 about a, like I think it was written in Russia or something about like nuclear fallout and everyone's living underground sort of in a mm-hmm. similar way. I think they're living in the subway tunnels okay. or something like that. Okay. So there's so many different like inspirations and stuff you can go with. So hive hive world hive world hive mind the hive the hive um is that a is that a title I think <laughs> it might be <laughs> hive hive time hive hmm 
What antagonist do we have though? Is it is it versus people or just the situation itself? It's probably both. I feel like like I you know that I love Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and so like I mean, it's always you know it's always people, but then the conditions like you're always also like fighting death, right? You're like fighting the like these like the world is always after you. You know, you're always like there's, but you're also fighting the the evil within us all. You know. <laughs> But that's all that's always present. So there's other people, there's like infighting probably. Mm-hmm. There's you know, there's all sorts of power dynamics that are crazy. Um hmm. Yeah. The title, the title. The title, the yeah. title, the title. I've I've uh I've got an idea. <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um Honeycomb. I don't know. Honeycomb. <laughs> honeycomb. Honeycomb. It's very sweet. Like, I know. I know. It's, yeah. Because it, this is like a dark, like. Hmm. Honey. Catacomb. Honeycomb. Catacombs? Uh, yeah. Well. Darkness. Uh, hmm. Boom. I wish I was more creative. No, no, come on, come on, come on. You just got to just throw, you know, you just got to throw some stuff out and and then something will land. Uh, Honeybee, bee, beehive, be yourself, uh, catacomb, dark, dark honey. Dark honey. (laughs) Dark, dark hive. Dark hive. Dark something, dark. Archives. Archives. yeah, some like I I'm, I think like the the right thing is gonna just feel like really insidious, like and really like terrifying. Like I'm, you know, like the hive is is a scary like that feels really scary. Um. Um. Like cluster. Cluster. Uh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I, cluster. Something like that. Yeah. The, um. Dark cluster. I'm tempted, like, with dark, it can go a little... I feel like it's been used a lot. Yeah, but so, you can... But there's something. there. You mean Dark you, clusters. Dark... D- uh, dark... Dark passage? Dark... Because... Uh, and then, like, you know, the, there's always, like, the thing, you know, maybe... Because there's no, like, sun anymore, right? There's no right. daylight, so it's always night. So it's like, you know, the darkness is is everything. Like, you're, it's only darkness, you know? Like that's that's the norm. That's like that's zero. You know, mm-hmm. um, zero dark thirty is such a lovely title, right? Oh, yeah. You know? um, but like, um, dark dark dawn, dark noon. Like, is there some like, you know, what is something? Is there like a a fun like ironic thing or fun dissonant thing like dark like dark sun um, or like dark star? maybe something like. I like to show how far you're willing to go. Mm, mm-hmm. So maybe like a dark path or something. Uh, mm, mm. Um, okay. So like, so it's sort of like, you know, you're looking for this tunnel, right? So this yeah. idea is like, like how deep into the earth are you willing to mm-hmm. go? How so far like the rabbit hole go? Right, right. So like whole, like, um, like slippery slope, uh, like black hole, um, 
like in the layers of the earth, right? You have the crust, you have the 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 core molten, <laughs> molten. You have magma. You have um, uh, how far are you willing to go? Dark, dark world. Endless abyss. I don't know. The abyss is also a good like movie title. Yeah, abyss is really lovely. That's so good. Cause yeah, cause it's about like despair and like, like dark ocean. Like, you know, some there's also probably some some resonance with like hell imagery, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the underworld, yeah, underground. Um. Um. Underground. Underground. I'm thinking dark underworld. Abyss. You know, thinking about like, is there you know like uh, another realm? No, no, there's uh, like there's a uh, what did they call Hades? There's like oh, yeah. uh, you know, and then Karen the boatman, and there's Hades and the Hades the god Hades sticks like the river sticks. sticks? Oh, hmm, mm. I like it. Sticks. Yeah, sticks. Maybe more to it, but sticks. I I, I like sticks like. Makes me think of the river sticks. Yeah, river sticks. Okay, okay. Well, so yeah, I wonder uh, sticks, and then it, trying to like add a little something so you're not instantly thinking of the band, <laughs> right? Sticks, um, dark sticks. Sticks is tough because it's like sticks. Yeah, like a like a wooden stick. Yeah. I mean, I do. I really like the concept, but it's yeah, sticks. Hmm. Sticks mouth of sticks. Oh God, the sticks mouth, like mouth of the river. But that it's it like conceptually it's nice, but like to say it sounds ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous sticks. Oh God. <laughs> okay. Um. Ridiculous. Um. Let's see. dark path like dead end uh dead end isn't bad yeah dead end is fine for now i think yeah yeah dead end yeah it's a working title but working title dead end and are you you're happy with dead end that's the best hmm for now yeah i feel like dead end cuz you know, you're thinking about like what is the like how far are you willing to go? Dead mm. end. Well, that's the little right. That's the like tagline. I like that. Yeah. Dead end. How far are you willing to get? Like, how far? Like, how far can you go? Because it is a dead end. Like, what the hell are you supposed to do? Exactly. Yeah. Dead end. All right. Dead end. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, we did it. Oh boy, Manny. Uh, wow, that was a brainstorm. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what we do here in the cozy zone. Uh, do you have uh, do you have questions for me? Hmm. I, I've asked you this before, but what is it about this? What drives you to do this? All right, I'll tell you. I think I I'm in a moment in my life where I'm doing so much searching. Like I've I've 
not lived in New York my whole life. I've lived here for 12 years, basically my entire adult life. I, I became a man here in New York. And New York is such a challenging place to be. And I, you know, I've had so many struggles with, you know, what is my creative path? Like, how can I get out of my own way? Like, what does love look like? What does self-care look like? All of these things I thought about, didn't think about it sort of all throughout this, this, my, my growing up. And like, I, I was very much in survival mode and didn't really have a chance to like think critically of like, what is it like to be okay? Like, what do I need to like be okay in this world? And I would do stuff and I'm fine. Like I'm doing okay. Like I'm living, like I'm employed. I am thriving. There's love in my life. I have friends. I have all these things, but I don't know. I think I, I think we live in a world where, you know, the the powers, the ruling class, the powers that be, thrive on making sure we're not okay. That like that the w- it's best for them if we live in fear and disconnection, uh, as opposed to like you know community and love. I think that like community and love is the best way to be. But I think that there are there are so many policies and actions that are completely opposite that i've been reading this bell hooks book who's sort of talking about this a lot about love all about love it's called um and so the cozy zone is this opportunity to sort of like seek to heal these various things these various uh tensions that that happen so uh you know like New York is so intense. So, like, where do you go to find solace? Like, all of my insides, there's so much chatter and dissonance, like, inside my myself, my body, my mind. Well, so where do you go to, like, let that go, to, like, heal? Like, where can you be? Um, I don't know, like, what my art is. Like, oh, God, I have all these ideas, but I don't, you know, I don't know what to do with them. Well, why don't you, like, go talk it out with someone, like, in their safe place, and maybe it'll be nice. Oh, God, like, oh, like, who, like, is there a community out there do people care about me yes they do and they're gonna like let you like have a conversation in their safe place so it's sort of like it's it's trying to heal all of these these things that are are hard for me (laughs) and it's super fun like i i would say that it's like also like super uh thrilling to like go be vulnerable with someone and like be invited into their special place that like not a lot of people are invited to. Like I am a, I feel like a VIP, you know? Uh, and I think I am. And, and that is like super, super validating and lovely. So this is why, this is why today, this is my answer. Wow. That is beautiful. Thanks. Very articulate. Thanks Manny. (laughs) Thank you. Um, that's a great question. Uh, Any, any final, any final thoughts, any final, uh, uh, just that I've had a great time. You know, I, I love listening to the Cozy Zone and hearing everyone else's experiences. I hope I was somewhat interesting. Oh, Manny, you were delightful. <laughs> this was this was very, very special. A very special one. Don't you worry. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's I've had a great time. I'm so glad. Thank you so much. We uh we end with a with a song or a musical sound of some kind. Uh oh, oh yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Manny is uh Un- unearthing his uh, guitar. Uh, d- does your guitar have a name, Emmanuel? I wish. Yeah, I wish the guitar. Oh, oh. 
All right, here, let me, I can hold, uh, hold this for you. I'm just hitting random chords. Oh, yeah, right I'm, yeah, all right. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, you just hit random chords. I'll, I'll make up some songs. When I travel to the Bronx, I take all these things with me, like hope, love, togetherness, and a tree. When I plant it in the ground, it will grow up to the sky. I will be open and hopefully cry because my heart will be free and my sadness will be light. I will always say goodnight. Wow. Verse verse two. <laughs> Manny, any any uh nope. Nope. All, all right, all right. <laughs> Manny, thank you so much. Thank you. This was so nice. <laughs> uh yeah, what a what a beautiful cozy zone. Thank you so much, Manny. Uh, Make Yourself Unforgettable is on the bed by uh, Dale Carnegie, the author of uh how to make win friends and influence people, is that him? I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the self help guru. Um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of discoveries today, a lot of beauty, a lot of poetry. Uh, thank you, Manny. Thank you. This was awesome. It was. I'll, I'll see you right after this. (laughs) Bye, Manny. Bye, Ben. We are intimately finding our peaceful, cozy zone. And Ben, he interviews friends. It's awkward and then it's cozy zone. Occasionally it's a lovely thing to be nosy in somebody's cozy zone. So please, snuggle up sweet. A beautiful thing is cozy zone. Thank you.